This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, August 1st, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. The debt deal doesn't cut federal spending. That much is clear, but it did reveal that the Tea Party movement has far from dissipated. John Samples, director of the Cato Institute's Center for Representative Government and author of The Struggle to Limit Government, evaluates the politics of the deal. Had the Tea Party not happened, had 2010 not happened, had the Tea Party even won the 2010 election but just dissipated thereafter, uh, I think what would have happened is the Republican leadership would have gone back to its old ways. I mean, remember both Mitch McConnell and John Boehner go way back into the 90s and before. They would have been very reluctant to go to a high-stakes uh, confrontation with the administration, and you would have seen a deal that was much more favorable uh, to uh, both some kinds of tax increases probably and probably smaller tax cuts even down down the line. What's the good in the deal? I mean, what 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 positive points can be taken out of it just from a from a, a sort of public choice perspective? Well, I think one of the positive things about the deal, the way it has come out and not being uh, perceived or not being a balanced approach because it doesn't have tax increases in in it, is that it is a, in a sense defined or perhaps redefined what is at stake here. The issue is not that we've increased spending and now let's you know deal with it partially by tax increases and partially by spending constraint. Rather, the the issue of deficits has been defined as a problem of restraining spending. Uh, and if that requires a commission and, and together with a doomsday machine that, uh, you know, brings across-the-board cuts and notice there's not across-the-board cuts plus across-the-board tax increases, it's just cuts. The How issues are defined in politics can be very important, and I think this – continues to be defined as an issue of overspending. And for that, we can thank uh, the Tea Party and the Tea Party movement. How do you suspect President Obama came out of all of this? I mean, he didn't get what he wanted. He wanted, uh, as as it is said on the news, more revenues or additional revenues, which means taxes. And um, it seems like a lot of the arguments that he made ultimately did not carry the day. I think the president uh, is going to have a very difficult time out of this. Uh, in one sense, uh, if you think, for example, of, again, the natural comparison is to Ronald Reagan. You think about Ronald Reagan in 1981, where he intervened repeatedly in a process of negotiation and struggle with Congress. And he intervened at, in ways that uh, you know advanced his agenda uh, here again, Barack Obama seems to be a man, and many people on the left are saying this today, seems to be a person who came to the presidency without a great deal of leadership experience and therefore a man who doesn't look very much like a leader. Um, he looks like a person who is reactive to events and in the end of the day didn't do a lot to advance his own agenda. So I think one of the important things that could come out of this is perhaps a loss of confidence by the troops in their general, the, the Obama administration. And that's why, uh, for the first time, really, I think I have a whiff of what uh, 1980 was like. That is, the Democrats' loss of confidence in their president, Jimmy Carter, at the time, 
Uh, it may not turn out that way, but it's starting to have that feel to it. It seems uh, inapt at this stage to compare a Barack Obama to Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter had was paralyzed with indecision on on some key issues. Uh, Barack Obama does not seem to be quite in that state. Could you elaborate on what you mean by by the loss of confidence? Sure. I mean the the president is, I think, a number of people, particularly probably to his left politically and, and, and part of the Democratic Party that are to the left, think that the president is a person who cannot be counted on to carry the banner and to uh, of the left and to bring about the, the, that kind of agenda, that he's not an effective leader, that he's not an effective negotiator, that he tends to give in too easily and so on. And uh, to the extent they begin to believe all of that, uh, they, as they began to believe with Carter, they began to believe him, that Carter was essentially a conservative or, or to the right of where the Democratic Party should be. The possibility of a primary uh, opponent becomes larger. The possibility of simply motivating and mobilizing uh, Democrats for elections and for political struggles becomes that much harder. Now, when you talk about the Tea Party movement trying to turn the momentum of the election of 2010 and those elected to Congress in that election, turn that momentum into an organization, you don't mean, uh, if I understand correctly, a specific organization. You're talking about sort of a constellation of groups that work in concert to achieve certain ends. Is that about right? Well, I mean, the political science uh, lore here is that political movements cannot have lasting change in America unless they transform themselves into enduring organizations. And the, the big example was always civil rights, which became a number of different kinds of organizations. I think this fight here, which in itself is already amazing, that the Tea Party didn't like Remember Ross Perot and the Reform Party? That all dissipated almost overnight after the election. But this is different. The Tea Party has persisted and they've had a big effect on House Republicans. Now, how do they transform themselves over time into an organization? Well, I'm beginning to think that the organization they transform themselves into may be called the Republican Party. Now, is part of the fact that, that the Tea Party movement may have uh – be gaining momentum in some sense. Uh, perhaps it's not, but it, if to the extent that it is, uh, isn't part of that being driven by the fact that all of these big picture issues, entitlements, um, uh, spending, are much worse and scheduled to get much worse? I mean, isn't that part of what is helping sustain them? Yes, I think that's right. And in a sense, you know, that's almost uh, encouraging or optimistic. Republican government, small r Republican government, depends on the idea that people can organize themselves, can take charge and respond to problems. And it's been very discouraging over time because it seemed like the entitlement state was just out of control and, and so on. We were just headed for bankruptcy. But to the extent that the Tea Party represents a response to that, in a, in a certain sense, I find that encouraging and optimistic over the longer run. John Samples is director of the Center for Representative Government at the Cato Institute and is author of The Struggle to Limit Government. Read more of his work at Cato.org.